Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. Good morning, everyone. Oh, come on, let's say that again. Good morning, everyone. It is so good to have you in the house of God this morning. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. Amen. I'm so stoked to have you here. I'm going to have you stand to your feet as you're standing. For those of you at home, we want to welcome you as well. And I want to take time to welcome Sister Sandra Vasquez all the way from Redding, California. We love you. We miss you. I want to also acknowledge my mom all the way from Sacramento, California, that's watching us as well. And a special shout out to the Wattis family all the way in Florida. We want to tell you guys how much we love you. We miss you. For those of you that have continued to to support CWC Bay Area, both locally and those of you that are watching online that send your tithe in through the the app and so forth, I just want to say thank you. We notice it. We notice your faithfulness, and I believe that we are entering into a new season. I believe that we are about to enter into a new time of anointing, of preparation. And the thing I keep hearing the Lord say is multiplication. The thing I keep hearing God say is growth. I keep hearing God say that we're about to enter into a time of growth, a time of multiplication in your marriage. Now, for uh, when I say your marriage, if you're, oh, you don't want kids, I'm not saying more kids. What I'm saying is that more love, more growth, more, more increase in your business, increase in your family. I believe that we're heading there. But in order, it, come, come on, you can clap right there. That's all right. In order to get there, One of the things I really believe in, we we started this freedom series because we had the 4th of July coming in and I just kept hearing God say that we have a lot of people that have a pulse, but they don't have a life. And we're, we're coming to church, what we're praying, we're reading our word, but there's still no life. We're still in bondage. And today I wanna wanna challenge you. I wanna release you this morning. I don't wanna just give you a word. I don't wanna just preach three points and a poem. I wanna let you know today that you were created for freedom. Let me say that again, that you were created for freedom. That God did not create you to live in bondage. You were not designed to find yourself living under the circumstances. God created you to dominate, to have dominion. And I want you, if you would, to open your Bibles to the book of Luke. And as you're turning there, I want to talk to you today about walking in the dominion, the freedom that God's called you to. You see, many of us equate money, success, business, growth as uh, freedom. And what we're really saying is this, the reason we want to have financial blessing is so that we can make our own choices. Go where we want to go, when we want to go there. Do what we want to do, when we want to do it. To us, that's freedom. But there's individuals that are literally, you're you're still in bondage. Come to church in bondage. Worship in bondage. Married in bondage. Worshiping in bondage, giving, and still in bondage. I want to talk to you about an individual, talked to you a couple weeks ago about the woman at the well, talked to you last Sunday about Lazarus, 
Today I want to talk to you about a lady who dealt with the condition for 18 years. 18 years she was in this position. Her perspective of life was different. And for 18 years, this is how she learned to get around. She didn't know what it was to stand straight up. Luke, 10, Luke 13, verse 10, if you're there, say amen. She's a woman without a name. And I've told you before, whenever there's no name mentioned, that means it could be any of us. Say it again, Pastor. When there's no name, the woman at the well had no name. This woman has no name. I want you to see what happens here. One Sabbath day, while Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, he encountered a seriously handicapped woman. She was crippled and had been doubled over for how many? 18 years. Can you imagine that? Dealing with the problem for 18 years. Some of you are like, yeah, pastor, I understand. I've been married to my husband for 30. <laughs> it's not what I'm talking about right here, okay? That's a different kind of bondage, all right? <laughs> Stay with me. Things come in my mind and sometimes they come out. And so... Her condition was caused by a demonic spirit of bondage. Now, now listen very carefully. You might not believe in the spiritual realm, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You can deny the demonic realm all you want, but the more you deny it, the more you lose power over being able to have power over it. It goes on and says this, and that left her unable to stand up straight. Bow your heads as we pray. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Eighteen years, she saw nothing but the ground. Her perspective in life wasn't like everyone else's. You could have people that would tell her, listen, why don't you look at the bright side of life? Yet all she had was one perspective. She couldn't look at the future. She couldn't see what the next 10 steps might look like. All she had was the vision of the ground of what the next step would be. And whenever we live our lives with that just the next step mentality, we never have the ability to grow. We never have vision. And the Bible says that where there's no vision, the people perish. And so it's vital that we have the ability to go from this to this. And many of us are operating in a place of bondage in our finances, in our relationships, in our marriage, and even in our ministries. We're in a place that you can't even see beyond tomorrow. You only see the next step because you've been down so long, you can't even pick up your head to see what tomorrow has to offer. Somebody say amen. amen. And this young lady, this lady, we don't know if she's been married we don't know what her situation is for relationally, but we do know for over two decades, of almost two decades, she's been in this dysfunction. She's learned how to function in her dysfunction. Come on. So we, we, we've developed a society that is great at functioning in dysfunction. 
We've learned how to be a functioning alcoholic. We've learned how to be a functioning prescription drug addiction. We've learned how to be a functioning angry person. We've learned how to be a functioning bitter person. We've learned how to be a functioning uh, hurt individual. And so here we are. This bondage that she's experiencing is a demonic spirit, and she still comes to church. The cause of her condition is a demonic spirit. And that demonic spirit has put her in a position that she can't stand up straight. You see, the demons don't mind if you come to church. They just don't want you to be able to be set free. Come on, say it again, Pastor. Satan doesn't mind you coming to church. He doesn't mind you walking into the church. As long as you stay in this position, as long as you never get up to get a vision for your future, change your perspective for your marriage, change your perspective for your family, as long as you stay here, the enemy's okay with you coming to church. This demonic spirit has come to this lady and put her in a situation. Now, let me clarify. There's a difference between being oppressed and being possessed. That oppression can take place in your life by a demonic spirit that comes and places you in a situation. Being possessed is where you've opened up your life and allowed an evil spirit to come in. Now, remember, in the book of Genesis, when God brings into Adam, he brings the Holy Spirit into Adam and Adam becomes a living being, right? Satan cannot create, so he only imitates. And so that's where demon possession comes from. The spirit of God that was supposed to dwell in man, Satan tried to to distort what God created and try to now fill mankind with the demonic spirit, which brings, and it shows in different ways, many times through sicknesses, it'll show through different kinds of schizophrenia, it'll show through different kinds of mental issues and so forth, but many times she she finds herself in this situation. Three things I want you to see, her situation, her resolve and her deliverance, her situation, her resolve and her deliverance. See, she was bound by the enemy. Everyone say bound. That word bound in the Greek means this, to be bind, to bind up, to tie, to forbid, to chain or to take prisoner or to put you in prison. I need you to understand God created you for freedom. And yet many of us are allowing the enemy to take parts of our mind and put it under subjection to put you into prison, to put your marriage in prison, put your relationships in prison, put your self-esteem in prison. Whenever we allow the devil to begin to speak things into our mind and into our existence, this lady finds herself in a tough situation. I want you to understand. Another version puts it this way. She was unable to lift herself up. Let me say that again. She was unable to lift herself up. Up. She was stuck in this position. How many of us in life find ourselves stuck in this position? You don't have the power to lift yourself up out of the dysfunction that you're fighting. The depression is too much. The, the addiction is too much. The marital struggle is too much. And you cannot, no matter what you do on your own, find the strength to stand up. This is her situation. How many years has she been dealing with this? 18. Oh, come on. It's easy to look at her and say, man, what was wrong with her? But I got to hand it to this lady. Dealing with an issue for 18 years. 
and still showing up. Let, let me try this side. In this situation for 18 years, and she still showed up. Okay, I was wrong. This wasn't a willpower issue. This wasn't an issue of willpower or discipline. This was a freedom issue. And sometimes you have the desire to get set free. You have the willpower to get free. You may even have the discipline, but you can't set yourself free from situations like this. There are some battles you do not get free from, from willpower or from discipline. There are some things that only come out through fasting and prayer. Come on, somebody. This was a freedom issue. I want you to notice number one. Everyone say number one. Notice her resolve. Most people would have given up after dealing with the same problem for 18 years. Most people would have thrown in the towel. Two decades of dysfunction. And yet she still shows up to church. You see, she doesn't even ask for help. She is in such a situation that I want you to understand something, Ed. She is in such a situation that she refuses or doesn't even ask for help. She's gotten so used to her dysfunction. She's gotten so used to her condition that she comes to church with no expectation of freedom. Are you coming to church as a religious act? Or when you gather here, do you really expect God to show up and meet you here? Come on, say it again, Pastor. Do you expect to leave here different? Do you expect to walk out of this place transformed? Do you know that when you come here, you are coming to meet the creator of the universe that has the power to break every chain over your life? Oh, I'm preaching this morning. You don't even realize it right now. Those of you at home, she doesn't even ask for help. She's learned to live in her dysfunction. She's learned to live with this condition. And, and what, what trips me out, Pastor Kat, is she comes to church without hope of deliverance. That saddens me. Are you here this morning and you've lost hope of ever being set free? but you still come to church? This is just the way it's going to be? This is just the way my life's going to operate? She's learned to function, and many of us are in that situation. She come, came without hope of healing. And she's learned to function. We've learned to function in our insecurities. Come on, somebody. Mar in, in a dysfunctional marriage, in a dysfunctional family. She's learned to function in a dead-end job. She's learned to function with her ailments, learned to function with her low self-esteem, with her weaknesses, with her struggles. She's learned to function in the pain and in debt and all the, and just learning to survive, just trying to get through another day. You see, I need you to understand that religion's goal is to make us functional in our dysfunction. It's what the, the religious system was all about, is to make us functional in our dysfunction. Let, let me just come to a place where I can get rid of my guilt to get through another week. Let, let me just come in and pay my time, not my tithe, my time to God. Let me just get to church and then I can still go back and live the way I want to do if I made it to church. Let me just get to the building. But I need you to understand that church isn't a building. 
Church is you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I have church on Monday. I have church on Tuesday. I have church on Wednesday. I have church on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the presence of God, when I show up, church shows up. When I show up, the kingdom shows up. Wherever I go, I carry him with me. Come on, somebody. We've learned to function in our dysfunctional. We become, now listen carefully, we become functional, but not free. Functional, not free. There's a difference. Then all of a sudden, we become functional, not free. We got alcohol. We got alcoholics. That, that, and I, I, I commend you. If you're an alcoholic and you're still showing up, but eventually we got to break that thing. You got someone that's walking in bitterness. Eventually, we got to break that thing. With sickness, you got to break. You got to come in. Today's a day I get healed. Today's a day I get delivered. Today's a day I get set free. Today's a day I'm no longer going to walk with my head down. But today's a day that I'm going to get lifted up. Come on, somebody give God a shout of praise. How many years? 18. She goes to church. She can see the little bricks that are in the ground, and she knows exactly how many bricks to go before she gets to her seat. And she sits down in her normal place, and then the king walks in. Church, as normal, do, did she know that the king was going to show up that day? Did she know that the prophet was going to end up? Did they put on social media, hey, come to church this Sunday. Jesus will be, be, be there this Sunday. Come on in. You'll get your healing. You'll get your deliverance. On Instagram, you got to click this. Make sure that you reserve your seat. Jesus is going to be at the synagogue on the first, uh, on the first, first synagogue of, of Jerusalem. You got to get there. You got to make sure that you make it on time. On Twitter, it's blowing up. I need you to understand. I don't know how she knew about it. She just showed up on the day that the king walked in. The king king shows up in a religious meeting. A king shows up in a religious meeting. You're going to catch this in a moment. First thing I want you to notice was her condition. Second thing, look, notice her deliverance. Did she show up weekly or did she just happen in when Jesus showed up there? I don't know how it happened, but she shows up and Jesus is there. And immediately the king sets things right. I want you to notice what happens here, okay? She doesn't ask for help because she's kind of resolved her situation. But Jesus saw her. Amen. She doesn't even ask for help. I'm stuck in this situation. This is just the way life's going to be. And then the king walks in and looks at her. He sees her. God sees your situation. He sees your struggle. He sees your battle. He knows your condition. He knows how long you've been dealing with it. I need you to know that God's eyes are not blind to the struggles that you're going through. The Bible says he catches every tear. In fact, he says the hairs on your head are numbered. Not counted, numbered. So when you washed your hair this morning, he knew what numbers fell out. 1,199, for some of you that don't have as much, number one and two. 
He knows the number. That's how much he cares for you. He sees. Look what happens here. He sees her condition. Verse 12. And when Jesus saw her, what? When Jesus saw her condition. Jesus sees. Oh, come on. That has to give hope to someone right now. I'm prophesying to someone right now. Jesus sees. God sees. In fact, there's someone, there, there's a couple of you sitting here, and I don't know what chairs it's in, but our prophetic team went through before service even started, and they wrote a prophetic word for you. And it's under a couple seats where you're seated. So before you leave this morning, I want you to reach under your chair. I said before you leave, not right now, okay? <laughs> I want you to reach under your seat and see if there's a piece of paper that has a word that's been written out for you. Because before you even showed up, God saw you. When Jesus saw her condition, he called her to him and he gently laid his hand on her. Then he said to her, dear woman, you are going to learn how to deal with this for a couple more years. I bought you a wheelchair so you could change your perspective. Woman, you are you are you are. I want you to shout free because there's someone that's going to get free just because of what you shout right now. Someone shout free. free. Amen. Come on, somebody. Give God praise. I love what Jesus says. He says, I release you forever. This ain't never coming back. This will never reattach itself to you. I set you free. I release you for, forever from this crippling spirit. Bible says instantly, girl goes from this to this. First time in 18 years, she sees the faces of the people she's been going to church with. It, listen, you can't see other people's needs when you're wrapped up in your own. I can't help someone else out when I'm dealing with my own struggles. When I'm in this situation, only thing I can help you do is look for a coin you dropped. <laughs> but when I'm set free, now I have the ability to She stood upright, and immediately her perspective changes. See, when Jesus shows up, your vantage point changes. <laughs> When Jesus shows up, how you see things change. You see, when Jesus shows up in your life, it transforms how you see your marriage, how you look at your wife, how you look at your husband, how you look at your kids. You go to work with a totally different perspective. When Jesus shows up, it affects how you see things, not just what you see. Now, I want you to notice what happened. This woman who was sick for almost two decades is delivered in a moment. Everyone say a moment. And instead of celebrating, the religious leaders of that synagogue get angry. Jesus broke protocol. She wasn't healed at the right day. Sabbath was for worship, not for work. And Jesus worked by delivering her on that day. 
And the religious institution got upset. It was out of order. They broke the order of service. They had the schedule of service. They had everything put together, how online was going to go. And Jesus broke protocol. I love that about Jesus. He was the one that created the Sabbath to begin with. But he created the Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath, he says. Jesus was willing to break his own rules in order to heal someone, to set someone free. Now, I want you to understand, religious people lose their minds. Come on, stay with me on this. I'm almost done. Stay with me. Religious people lose their minds when God heals someone that they deem is unworthy. Oh, no, that person should have gotten the healing. That, that person's holier. That person's given more money. That individual's been here longer. That individual is, is the right color skin. And so that, that when God heals or when God promotes someone or God delivers someone or God blesses someone or God gives someone a raise or God gives them increase or forgives someone's sin or when God ends up taking someone that was down and broken and then God promotes them like a Joseph, religious people go crazy when someone they don't think deserves it gets blessed. I want you to set some folks crazy. I want you to set some religious folks crazy that when God promotes you, just stand there and say, only Jesus could have done this. Only God could have put my marriage together. Only God could have given me that job. Only God could have opened the doors for me to get that house. Only God. Come on, somebody. Religious people lose it. They somehow think that they're the, they're, they're the managers of God's blessings. Have you ever seen someone get blessed? And instead of people being happy for them? How did they get that house? How did they get that job? How did they get promoted? I've been here longer than they have. You start tripping. See, I, I, I'm, I'm going to take you somewhere, okay? Instead of celebration, there was a harsh rebuke. This woman, 18 years, is healed. And instead of people celebrating that, the religious people are angry. Look at verse 14. And I love the way the Jewish leaders deal with this. They don't talk to Jesus directly. The Jewish leader who was in charge of the synagogue was infuriated over Jesus' healing on the Sabbath. And so he stands up, look what he says. Six days you are to work. Now imagine Jesus is sitting right here. Six days you are to work. And on those days you should come here for healing. Six days. Six days. You don't come here on the Sabbath to get healed. Not even looking at Jesus. Doesn't even talk to Jesus one-on-one. -on -one. How many times do we try to deal with problems indirectly? Instead of going to the individual you got the issue with. He, 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 tried, they, they, he does a public declaration over what's going on here. He says, on those days you come here for healing, but not on the seventh day. You did a good thing on the wrong day. Man, I love this part right here. Get ready. In fact, uh, 
Omaha, if you could help me out. I want you to see what happens as we close this morning. Jesus goes legal on them. That's what happens when a king steps into a religious arena. You see, Jesus came not to start a religion. He came to start a kingdom. It's not about a religion. It's about a relationship. He came as a king, and as a kingdom, there's certain rights a citizen has. As a United States citizen, when, when you travel the world, there are certain, there's a certain thing that if someone attacks you from a foreign nation, an attack on you isn't like attacking our nation, because as a U.S. citizen, there are certain rights that you have. I'm here to tell you that as a kingdom citizen, as a kingdom of heaven, not a Christian, but a kingdom citizen, there are certain rights that you have. You have a right to healing. You have a right to blessing. You have a right to wholeness. You have a right when you're bent over to be able to stand back up again. That when you walk as a citizen of the kingdom, Jesus walks in and he goes legal on them. I love what he does here. See, the religion was about appeasement. Citizenship was about their rights. Now, I want you to, I want you to see the difference kingdom and religion. Religion is man working as hard as he can for God. Kingdom is God doing it all for man. Religion focuses in on rules while kingdom focuses in on relationship. Religion is about knowing the law while kingdom is knowing the king. And many of us are taking so much time trying to memorize the word. Or, or, and that's, there's nothing wrong with memorizing the word, but I need you to understand it's bigger than that. You could know everything the king says, but if you don't know the king. She sat there 18 years and listened to the words of a king. But it wasn't until the king walked in and the king looked at her and said, what's going on here is illegal. She is a daughter of Abraham. Oh, you got to stay with me on this. She is a daughter of Abraham. Which means Abraham had a promise on him that went to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it's passed on to all the seeds of Abraham. But in the book of Galatians, the apostle Paul says that if you are belong to Christ, everyone say Christ, then you are seeds of Abraham and you are heirs according to his promise. That means every promise that was given to Abraham. I will make your name famous. I will make your name great. And you, all the nations, will be blessed of the world. You, you, you will be a blessing to all the nations. All those promises that were given to Abraham, when we're in Christ, all those promises now become ours. Come on. You got to start. I need you to want, you're, you're walking around like this right now. You're, you're, you're walking around in life like, like this and you're just trying to get by in your dysfunction, not realizing that as a citizen of the kingdom, you have a right to stand up straight. Jesus comes in, the religious people freaked out and Jesus went legal on them. He says, this woman's been hunched over, but that's against the law. Religious leaders didn't address Jesus directly. They responded with legalistic rules and attitudes and human traditions. Jesus deals with them face to face. Look at verse 15 as we close. The Lord rep replied, 
you hypocrites. He went directly to the religious leader. He didn't pull this number. You hypocrites. There's a hypocrite somewhere in here. Jesus directed directly to the religious leader. You hypocrites. Don't you care for your animals on the Sabbath? Untying your ox or donkey from the stall, leading it to water? If you do this for your animals, come on somebody. What's wrong with allowing this beloved daughter of Abraham, he acknowledges who she is, who has been bound by Satan for 18 years long to be untied and set free on the Sabbath? Amen. Jesus points out their inconsistencies. You know how inconsistent we are? We can judge other people for their sin, but we justify our own. We look at other individuals that have the same issues we do, and we send them and condemn them to hell while we're always bringing grace to ourselves. That other church is not here. Just As a daughter of Abraham, she had legal right. She had inheritance on her side. And the promises of Abraham belonged to hers as well. And so the benefits that she had as a Jewish lady had nothing to do with her, but everything to do with her bloodline. Your right to healing has nothing to do with you. It's your bloodline. It's the blood of Jesus. It's what he did for you. You're living based not on your goodness, but on his goodness. You're based on what he did. He's already done it all. He's accomplished it all for you. Jesus spoke from a kingdom place, not a religious place. And a kingdom citizens are certain rights you have. Listen, you're a kingdom citizen, not a member of CWC. CWC can't get you a cup of coffee at Denny's. It can't. But being a kingdom citizen will get you healing, blessing, transformation, liberty, freedom. You have rights. So I want you to stop living as citizens, start living, start living as citizens and stop living as Christians. Start living from a legal place. God, I have a right to be healed. Lord, based on your word, I have a right to be set free. Based on what you did on the cross of Calvary, I have a right for my marriage to be put back together, to be restored with my children, for my family to come back together. You said that, Lord, that when we confessed you as Lord, that not only will we be saved, but our family will be saved as well. I call the prodigals back home once again. Start living from the kingdom aspect. What am I saying? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Whatever's going on in heaven, I want here on earth. The same health in heaven I want on earth the same victory in heaven I want on earth the same freedom in heaven I want on earth the same deliverance in heaven I want on earth the same provision in heaven I want on earth the same blessing in heaven I want on earth the same salvation in heaven I want on earth the same life in heaven I want on earth the same sight in heaven the same perspective the same power I want on earth as well come on Stand to your feet this morning. We got to crank up that AC this morning. Whew. 
Look at verse 17. When they, when they heard this, verse 17. When they heard this, his critics were completely humiliated. But the crowds, I love this man. The crowds shout for joy over the glorious things Jesus was doing among them. People saw her for 18 years. And when she's restored, what do the people do? They rejoice. It's the religious leaders that are upset. But the people rejoice. Why? Because I got next. I got next. I got the next miracle. I got the next breakthrough. If God's still healing, then you know what? Then God can set me free as well. You see, what God is doing in your life right now is about to open doors and open faith and open joy for other individuals to see. Man, if God blessed them, then I'm in line right now because God, I need to straighten up. I need a blessing. I need a breakthrough. God, I want freedom. One person gets their breakthrough there should be a breakout of praise. We should celebrate together because I got next. Come on, bow your heads as we pray this morning. Father, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for the freedom that you give. For those online, my God, and those here in this place, I, I just, you're here right now and Maybe you don't know Jesus. I, I first want to make sure that we get your life right with God, with Jesus right now. They're online and here in this house. You're here right now and you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior. Listen, if you're a follower of Christ, you don't have to receive him every week just because you blew it. He'll forgive you and you still belong to him. I'm talking to those of you that just, just have disconnected yourself from God and just want to reconnect your life with God. If that's you on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hand. Ready? One. The Bible says it's appointed for man to die once, then comes judgment too. Search your heart right now. Why run from him when all he's going to do is love you when he catches you? As I say this final number, left to right, front to back, ready? I want you to lift your hand. Ready? One, two, three. Lift your hand all over this place. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Over here as well. God bless you. God bless you. Yes, I see those hands. God bless you. Yes, yes. You can put your hands down for a second. Secondly, you're here, and there might be some of you that are going through a bondage. I'm not saying you're possessed. I believe in deliverance. But I'm saying that you're, there's something that, that, that you're battling through. I just can't get over this bitterness. I can't get over this anger. I can't get over this sickness. I can't get over this condition. I can't get over the struggle. I've been dealing with it. I've been functioning in my dysfunction. Today, I want to see you set free. If that's you, would you lift your hand up and say, Pastor, would you just pray? I, I want freedom today. My, my anger gets a hold of me. My past gets a hold of me. Amen. Amen. Hands going up all over this morning. I'm going to ask you, if you raise your hand for any of those calls to come meet me here at this altar. Amen. Just, just make your way up. Those of you out at home, just, just make a place of quiet prayer, a place of meeting God right where you are. Don't worry about the cameras. You come, come on up. Just fill the altars this morning. If you lifted your hand on any of those calls, we're going to invite you to the altar. We're just going to pray with you. We're just going to believe God to, to move upon your life. Just keep coming. Keep coming. Yes. Come on. Give them a round of applause as everyone's coming this morning. Yes. You can keep coming up. Keep making. 
come up here to the altar. Let's make sure we're filling the altar space if you lifted your hands. Make sure everyone has room to come up. Everyone has a place to stand. Amen. God loves you. He doesn't put up with you. He loves you. You're loved. You're accepted. You're cared for. And for those that lifted your hands to accept Christ, I want you right now to say this with me. Heavenly Father, I receive you now as Lord and Savior of my life. I turn my back on my old lifestyle and I make a decision today to serve Jesus, to be a follower of Christ. Lord, I believe you died on the cross and you rose again on the third day. Lord, I love you because you loved me first. Help me to stand today. Set me free from this condition. In Jesus' name, amen. But for those of you at home, if you prayed that prayer, I want you to text the word ALIVE to 408-340-7703. 408-340-7703. And for the rest of you, we're going to pray for you right now. We're just going to take time and pray for you. Believe God just to break any, any hindrances in your life. Freedom is what God's called you to. For those of you at home, listen, we love you. Remember, love God, love people and we'll change the world. God bless you, and we'll see you next Sunday. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.